Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, y'all, into the overreaction post-game show on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network, brought to you by the Market Dominator on, as I said already, the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. I'm a little bit mixed up here. I'm excited, and I'm ready to go. Like, there's, like, all these people piling into the comment section and piling into the, the the chat section, and you guys are watching me live, and I'm a little bit on edge, and I'm a little bit anxious because it was just a fantastic game and a fantastic outing, but I'm going to try this again. Are you, re- are you ready? I'm going to try it again because there's no editing this. It's live. <laughs> no edits. No edits at all. Welcome into the Overreaction Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings multicast network i'm your host i'm the voice of the overreaction post game show my name is joe miller you can find me on twitter as always at joe miller wired if you are not following following me yet please jump over to twitter if you have a twitter account follow me i will follow you back and i will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn but it is so good to have you guys in here and yes i threw that in there just the way you heard it in case you were wondering what i just said so good to have you guys joining me live it's so good for the thousands of you that are going to download this and listen to it in podcast form on victory monday as a Buffalo Bills fan, hashtag Bills Mafia. It's so good to have you guys. And as I always say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with the with your AirPods in or watching me live right now on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, let me just one more time say welcome. Welcome into the show. And what a show I've got for you. I, I'm going to do my best to pace myself. Um, I'm a little amped up, as I said. I also have quite a bit of information to get through. I took a lot of notes today during this football game. I've got a lot of emotion that's coming off of me from the couch that I would imagine the majority of you share. So I'm going to do the best I can to pace myself, not talk too fast. I'm going to try to do my best to enunciate (laughs) because I have a tendency to mumble if I talk too fast. But before we get into this thing, Before we get into this thing, couple things. If you are not yet subscribed to the uh, Buffalo Rumblings YouTube, please jump over, subscribe, uh, like this podcast or like the show, I should say. Also, hit the bell so you get notifications. We are cranking out some awesome content here at Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, Also, uh, I want to say a special thanks to Sterling Furrow for filling in for me last week. Sterling, so for those of you that were following me or do follow me, whether it's on Facebook or it's on Facebook, Twitter, you would probably remember in June, my very good friend, Marty Pluth, who is, who was, I should say, a Buffalo Bills fan, had brain surgery, had complications from brain surgery, and he had passed. His memorial service was last Sunday. I drove to Columbus, Ohio, because I had to speak at the memorial service. Uh, We drove in on Sunday morning, and uh, to be honest with you, I missed a lot of the first quarter, and it was having a difficult time, and I had called Sterling uh, late notice and just said, hey, bro, I, I can't do my show because I, I don't feel right going into it and talking about the show and what I do if it's a situation where, you know, uh, I haven't seen anything. So, uh, n- no, Mr. Diggs, I'm not a little drunk. <laughs> I'm not even a lot drunk. I'm not drunk at all. I'm sipping a little bourbon. That's what we do post-game show and the overreaction show because it's time to decompress from everything we saw today. But, no, sir, I am not drunk buzzed high any of that stuff so got me all sidetracked i had to i had to clarify but uh marty's memorial was last week sterling jumped in for me it was, he's one of my bros he's one of my best friends i love sterling with all my heart he did a great job so sterling Fur- furrow if you hear this 
Uh, thank you. And for any of you that are fan, uh, friends, I should say, with Sterling or fans of Sterling on uh, social media, uh, tell him thank you again next time you talk to him because I appreciate it. Also, one other thing, a little bit, bit of housekeeping. If you are a person who prays or sends thoughts and prayers, uh, John Spascheck is struggling. The market dominator is struggling with COVID right now. He has been vaccinated, but he's struggling with COVID. So just keep him in your prayers. He's, uh, he's It's hit him pretty hard. So uh, our prayers and our thoughts go out to you, John. We love you. Get healthy and uh, get back to us, hanging out with us here very soon. So all of that, all of that to, to, to basically now begin talking about the Buffalo Bills. Intros, man. These intros got me like, yo, right? So Josh Allen is regressing. At least that's what I was told by a lot of people. Josh Allen is regressing. Uh, he is no longer the same quarterback. Uh, he can't do the things that he did in 2020. It's too much. The, the regression that we've seen is too much and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And it's a bunch of trash. And we have been on this show and on this network, I would say pretty strong. And those of you that are with us all the time or often know that we have been here pounding the table that Josh Allen is not regressing, that this is just kind of how football sometimes ebbs and flows, which some people in content creation did not want to necessarily agree with that or sit with their sit in that spot or maybe they were just trying to build some hype for their own shows i don't know what the answer is but we saw very plainly today that josh allen is absolutely 1000 percent has not regressed he absolutely looked like the josh allen of 2020 i dare anybody in this room right now or on twitter that can hit that hears this later to challenge me with some reason as to why you felt he looked different than 2020. But uh, Josh Allen is clearly not regressing. I obviously am opening that just to kind of shock you. High-level summary of this game for me. Uh, you got to wonder at some time, you know, when you watch this game, if you watch it back, you know, is this going to be the Emmanuel Sanders game? Hey, do you remember when the Bills beat the Washington football game? Oh, yeah, the Emmanuel Sanders game. I would say that it would. The problem is, is he was actually out-targeted and caught by Cole Beasley, which is kind of strange. But uh, – Sanders had a fantastic football game. Josh Allen was on fire in this football game. He lit it up, and it was it was just tremendous to see him kind of back to the old Josh Allen, very much alive in the pocket, very calm in the pocket, very, I want to say, routine in the pocket. Uh, from the very first, for me, third and long, I, for those of you that don't know that weren't on Twitter, I had a guest at my house today for this football game. Uh, John Fino it was in town to do a bunch of appearances for the Bills and uh, some signings and stuff like that. And the alumni uh, gala was on Friday night. And uh, I was unable to go to the game today because I had to work late. So I didn't get home until one like 115 or 120 or something like that. There was there was no way that I was, I was going to be able to get to work today. So Saturday night, John's like, I want to watch the game with you. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> come on over, bro. So uh, I, I Josh or John Fina sat on my couch today and watched football with me, which was hashtag wildest dreams land but uh getting back to the point from that very first and fit or third and 15 i should say that the bills kind of encountered the very first third and long I, I stood up from the couch and i said josh has this we've got this play sure enough he he rifles the ball to gabe davis and at that point in time i knew i just knew this game this football game was going to be a little bit different uh and i'll be honest with you looking through this game and looking through our expectations and we're going to talk a little bit about expectations and aspirations and what we think and maybe what this team thinks about themselves i'll say this if josh allen finds his 2020 self and, and what that means is a continuation of what we saw in 2020 and a continuation of, of what we saw today if josh allen finds his 2020 self with this defense that hands down is playing better than the 2019 defense 
if Josh Allen finds himself, the, the NFL needs to look out. I know that it's a long season. I know that there's a lot of things that happen. I know that there's a lot of changes. There's been conversation over the last couple of weeks about there being a book on Josh Allen, about there being a book on this offense. Clearly last year, the defense didn't look great and they had to work through some problems through the end of the season. I'm just telling you guys, and I know that the, the expectations are high and I know the, the aspirations and the anticipation is high. If Josh Allen plays the way that he played today for the majority of the season, especially in the playoffs, and that defense looks the way that it looks, I'm just telling you guys, look out. It's going to be something to watch. Teams will be reassured when, when playing against Josh Allen that they cannot leave the middle open. The, the Washington football team was assured and reassured of that today. We watched in the last couple games against the Steelers, against the Dolphins, that they did a very good job of keeping Josh Allen to the outside by keeping the middle flooded a little bit. Washington tried to rush four, couldn't get home. That offensive line did great today. Uh, and what they ended up having to do was manufacture pressure, which still wasn't really working, which opened the middle up, and Josh Allen lit them up. We're going to talk about that a little bit. If teams choose to leave the middle of the field open to Josh Allen, Josh Allen is going to eat them alive from any place on the field. Most quarterbacks will eat you alive over the middle from the pocket. Josh Allen will run out to his right. He'll run out to his left. He'll walk backwards. He'll do whatever. He'll, he'll, he'll climb the pocket forward. He'll do whatever he's got to do, but he will eat you alive in the middle of the field if you leave it exposed. And there was a lot of great, I don't know, there was a lot of great movement, a lot of great action that we saw today. The play action came back. We're going to talk about that just very briefly, but which began to pull and suck those linebackers up. And when it did, it left players open over the middle. Cole Beasley was a benefactor. Uh, Dawson Knox was a benefactor. Stefan Diggs was a benefactor. It was just great to see. Uh, and it was exciting. But uh, like I said, rest assured, more so than reassured, defenses are they are going to have to choose their poison, which is exactly where you want to be with a quarterback like Josh Allen if you're a Bills fan. You want that guy in your locker room. You don't want to have to face that guy. It's very, as we say, Pat Mahomes-esque. And Pat Mahomes, you've got to wonder right now if maybe there's a blueprint on how to beat Pat Mahomes. The Chiefs are 1-2 and two and lost another football game to a division rival in the Chargers. The Bills start, they're starting to look like the team we expected them to them. The, the Man, the Bills are starting to look like the team we expected them to look like coming into 2021. This game was never in doubt. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, for me, there was a, there was a moment, I think I, I looked over to John at one point in the second quarter. I was like, we might see Mitch Trubisky in the third quarter of this football game. Like the way the Bills were going, it was, it didn't look good. And then obviously as football games go and the ball, the ball bounces and stuff like that, it, you know, it ended up being a little bit closer towards the end of the second but we did end up seeing Mitch Trubisky in the fourth, uh, which, you know, he had that one run play and, and then knelt on the ball a whole bunch doing what he is supposed to do. Um, but we're at the point, in my opinion, we're at the point as a football team where we are going to beat the teams we're supposed to beat. And I know what you're thinking. Well, what about the Steelers? Because the Steelers are clearly not as good uh, as they seem to be or they, they're not as good as they were week one. There was a lot that went into that soup into that beef stew. We talked about it week one. There was a lot of errors. There was a lot of mistakes. There was a lot of the Bills offensive line getting punched in the face and getting outworked and getting rope-a-doped. And I think that game is probably going to be an outlier for what we see from opponents in this football game. If there's a defensive line or a defensive front that the Bills are going to face that's similar to the Steelers, it is this Washington football team. Uh, between Montez Sweat, between Jonathan Allen, between... Uh, obviously Chase Young, former Ohio State Buckeye, they are probably right there in the top one, two, three of defensive lines in the NFL. And today, while there was pressure in this football game, 
they did not get to Josh Allen. Josh Allen was able to escape. He was able to make plays with his legs. He was able to make uh, plays with his arm from outside the pocket. Uh, but we're at the point, in my opinion, we're at the point where the, this Buffalo Bills team should beat any team that it looks like we should beat, right? So when you look at teams like the Texans that are coming in, when you look at, obviously, the Jets, when you look at, at this point, the Patriots, when you look at the teams that we're going to be facing this season, maybe even right now, the Titans, uh, this season is going to get begin to play out, and it's exciting to think about kind of where this whole thing is going to go. Um but watching the Bills defense and particularly particularly the pass rush uh, that was so good last week, I know a lot of people are concerned or some people have mentioned, you know, what happened this week? Like, why wasn't the pass rush there? Why weren't they bringing down uh, Heineke? Why, you know, why weren't they all over him? And I, I think the question, and we'll get into that a little bit here shortly as well, and we're 15 minutes into this thing, and I'm teasing you with all the things that we're going to get into. I apologize. Like I said, I've got a lot. I'm going to do my best to get us out of here in time. Um, you got to ask yourself, was there no rush? Meaning was that, was the front seven, the front four having a difficult time getting to Heineke in this game, or were they purposefully keeping him in the pocket? Because frankly, they're not afraid of him. And I would challenge all of you that are worried. If you are worried that last week, you know, Oh, the, the, the Miami Dolphins offensive line must be awful because of how much pressure the bills put on them. And now that they faced a decent offensive line, the, maybe that defensive line of the bills isn't so good. I would challenge you that that's not what happened in this game. If you watch this football game back, there was a lot of standing up of the offensive line players, the offensive linemen to keep them kind of in a spot so that Heineke would kind of stay in his spot to kind of force him to throw the ball. And the bills trusted their linebackers and their defensive backs who are playing by the way, with some incredible confidence right now. Uh, the line was not great, uh, or I should say transitioning over to the, the offensive side of the ball. Our offensive line was not necessarily great, uh, but they have played some very good defenses and, and some very good defensive lines. They haven't been necessarily great, I should say, up to this point. They were better today. There were still some, head, not head scratchers, there were still some technique issues and some things that they're going to have to work. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see this offensive line grow together. Uh, I was very surprised when at the end of the game, they took out uh, who they take out Feliciano. They took out Morris. They took out uh, Cody Ford and they took out Darrell Williams and they left uh, Dion in the game. That was interesting to me. It might've been just a, somebody has got to stay in Dion. Do you want it to be you? Uh, do you want to work on, you know, obviously your stamina and stuff like that coming back from code COVID who knows. And then Dawson Knox obviously had a very, very, very nice game. And it's fun to watch, just kind of see where he is kind of going. So I'm going to get to the story of this football game. Before I do, I know a lot of you are in the comments section chatting me up. Uh, this is a podcast. We talk about it every single week. If you're new to this show, if you're new to watching this, if you want to ask me a question, if you want to get my attention, the best thing for you to do, I'm not ignoring you. I say this every week, jump over to YouTube and we are super chat live, which basically means that if you super chat me, it'll come up in a in a bright like glowing box and i'll be able to see it it'll get my attention and i'll get your comment or your question and i will get to it but i'm not ignoring you guys i love every single one of you i'm thankful for you for tuning in live and hanging with me but uh yeah so super chat me if you have something really super pressing or something that you really want to talk about or if you want the world to kind of know what you're saying so story of this football game and i've kind of hit some stuff already um this was a game to me that I thought was going to present some challenges. And I, I dare say that I believe that a lot of you also thought that this football game was going to present challenges. I, I don't think any of us thought that Washington was going to be a pushover team, that, uh, that that they're going to be somebody that 
that we're just going to roll in and roll out possibly like the Texans game next week, or even when we play the jets that, you know, both of those teams are struggling. Um, but the Buffalo bills are discovering who they're going to be in 2021 because our aspirations, our expectations about even this football game and the first two games of the season were based on what we saw in 2020 out of particularly that offense and hopes of what that defense could do. But I think what we're discovering is that, you know, the Buffalo bills, as I just said, are, are, are still working on and discovering who they're going to be this year in 2020. There's a lot of season left. There's 14 football games left, which is weird to say when you consider they've got three in the bank already at two and one, but our expectations and our aspirations for this season, they don't, they don't define necessarily who the Buffalo Bills are. We have to let them develop. We have to watch them grow. Teams from year to year grow, and they change, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. And I get it. There was a lot of hemming and hawing. There was a lot of concern that maybe the, that they were going to take a step back. I'm not going to use the R word again. But I don't think that's what it was. I think there was just a, an unsettledness inside of this offense. I think there was just a, a measure of trying to figure out who they wanted to be, trying to get on the same page. I'm not also going to tell you that they've necessarily arrived yet. Like, like, hey, they had a great game today. That doesn't mean they've arrived. I think there's still some work to be done. It was very encouraging just to see what Josh Allen was doing from the pocket and outside the pocket, who he was basically throwing the ball to and kind of getting the ball out in time. It was just incredible. This defense, it, I said it already, might be better than it was in 2019. You know, you're you're talking about a defense right now with 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 Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Star, uh, and then they've got guys that are qualified NFL defensive players that can't even get into this football game. In in Harrison Phillips, FA Obata, like it's incredible when you consider who's on the bench for this football team, who's not even able to who, who they're not even able to put in Obata had a decent amount of sacks last year. He was a difference maker in Carolina and in Buffalo. He can't even get on the football field. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen with that defense as well. The defensive backs, as I said a second ago, are playing with incredible confidence. All of them are playing with incredible confidence. They're flying around the field. They're tackling well. Uh, they're very confident in whatever the game plan is for the, for the front four to the front. We'll call it six because they play a nickel a lot. But even when there are seven on the field, this defense right now, and yes, there is an asterisk, but this defense right now have quarterbacks that are playing against them averaging 189 yards a game. They've only had five touchdowns thrown on them, and they've had they've, they've picked the ball off three times, which is a pretty incredible stat. Now, they're going to face some better quarterbacks. I get it. However, it's incredibly encouraging to see what this defense is doing against these quarterbacks. Again, we have an offense that's finding itself. a run game that's finding itself. And when they do, we're going to see, in my opinion, a more mature version of what we saw last year, especially if that run game can find efficiency and consistent consistency, which the front office has been talking about since the end of last year. And Oh, by the way, we began to see that, right? We began to see that today in this football game. Uh, it's weird to me to hear announcers and broadcasters talk about like the run game and how good it's been. And we all, but Bill's mafia that watch these games are like, actually there's been three good runs. The, the run game hasn't been great. There's just been three good runs, but today the run game was actually pretty good. Zach Moss had a really good football game today. And it's weird to me because I find myself in this conundrum, right? That, that we as Bill's fans haven't been in since probably the nineties, not probably definitely since the nineties where 
I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, okay, I, I, I view the the landscape and what's coming for the uh, in the schedule. And I'm like, okay, either this football team is really really good, or their schedule is really really easy, <laughs> like possibly the the easiest schedule in NFL heart in NFL uh, in NFL history. Like, but I don't think that's it. I think I think there is some easy games, some Barney games on the schedule, but by and large, this team is really really good, really good. So let me break down the quarters for you real quick. Uh, doing better on time. I was nervous there about five minutes ago. Quarter one, uh, the hard count was back. That was awesome. Play action is back. That was awesome. Josh Allen is back. That was awesome. It was great to just kind of see so much of what was the success for this offense last year begin to take form early in this football game, so much so that I believe it was Diggs, right? Was it uh, Stefan Diggs that jumped off sides on one of them? Uh, it was just, it was just, it's great to see those things kind of come back. Those are the, those are the nuances of an offense that once you begin to settle and get comfortable with who you are, those things begin to find you. If that makes any sense, those things begin to be the things you can work on to more fool, uh, the defense that you're playing. But when you're struggling on offense, when you're not sure of the playbook, when you're not sure of the play calls, when you're not sure of what the defense is doing against you, it's harder to do those things. I said, Week one, you know, if you can't tie your shoes, the last thing you should be doing is try to run a marathon or hurt or run hurdles. Let's tie our shoes first. And clearly this was a game where the Bills were beginning to do some of the more subtle nuancey stuff, which was great. That touchdown throw to Emmanuel Sanders was a laser. It was a brilliant scroll, a brilliant throw rather on a scramble drill that we used to call a hero ball. If you guys remember, last couple of years, that was a hero ball, 2019 specifically, and then through the beginning of 2020. And it's funny because now what was a hero ball is just who Josh Allen is. Then obviously the Bills went for it on fourth down. Devil Sing Devin Singletary, man, I'm misspeaking all over the place. Devin Singletary, uh, it looked to me like he was trying to make a move. Uh, and he opened his hips and basically then just got tackled. I felt like if he had just kind of fallen forward, at least in my eyes, if he had fallen forward, that he would have had a little bit of a better opportunity to to, to pick up that first down, which he didn't do. Um, but that was an important stop for this Washington football game, or Washington football team, rather. And then obviously the, 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 the Logan Thomas fumble was big for the Buffalo Bills. It was also big for the, the, the Washington football team because if you remember what it reminded me, and I said this to John, um, if you if you re, if you remember, this is who the Bills used to be for 20 years. They had the guy that would catch the ball and would just try to stay on his feet far too long until somebody came along and knocked it out. And that's literally what happened to Logan Thomas. Uh, it was unfortunate. Obviously, we all like Logan Thomas. He played with the Bills for a little bit, like for one offseason, but uh, unfortunate, but good for us. So that was a great fumble in that time. And it was a great play in the ball. Second quarter, the Moss TD to go to 14-0 was I loved the fact that he flashed, that he was covered. He turned to his left and cut back to his right. Allen saw him, hit him. It was just a great heads-up play by Zach Moss. And for me, in this football game, it was kind of a coming-out party for Zach Moss. I'm not ready to crown one of them or the other one, you know, uh, RB1 or RB2, but for all intents and purposes, I felt like Zach Moss, if we're going to have a conversation about making defenders make business decisions, Zach Moss between last week and this week is kind of becoming that player where he's making defenders that want to tackle him or play against him, make business decisions on, you know, do I want to tackle this guy? And it got towards the end of the game and people kind of didn't want to tackle him. 
there was a very poor decision by Heineke uh, and a great jump uh, by Jordan Poyer on the pick for that interception. And then Dawson Knox. Do- when when Josh Allen threw that ball to, into the end zone to Dawson Knox, Fina and I leapt off the couch. Like it was, we were screaming it. Like it was such an amazing throw. It was such an amazing catch. What a catch by Dawson Knox. It's been great to see him kind of settle in. Joe Marino put out a tweet today just talking about the last 12 games as a sample size for Dawson Knox and what he's done, his catch rate, his drop rate, and what it means for Allen when he's throwing to him. Uh, Dawson Knox might be turning that corner, that corner that we want to see here in year three. And if he does, it's going to be big for the Buffalo Bills, and we can probably finally put to bed all of the Zach Ertz conversation. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. That Antonio Gibson TV uh, TD rather was – it was just the perfect play call at the perfect time, in my opinion. Uh, all of the linebackers got sucked up. He sucked them up. It wasn't a jailbreak, but like he sucked two defenders into him. And then as he was falling back, threw it out to Gibson. And then it was just, it, it was off to the races at that point in time. And if you give a guy like Antonio Gibson that much running room and that much space, he's going to get away from everybody. And the effort at the end to get across the goal line was incredible. Now, that was a play and it just was what it was. 14 was it 14 or 21 7 14 7 at that point in time 21 7 at that point in time the next play the next play i'm not so happy with so the very next play and you all watched it i'm sure the 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 washington i hate seeing the washington football football team it just is annoying it's messing with my flow wft i can't call them that i don't even know the 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 burgundy team the team with the ugly uniform the team from washington dc i don't even know what to call them the Washington football team kicks the ball off, and I forget who their kicker is off the top of my head, kicks it straight up into the air, to which when he does, I see Isaiah McKenzie running as fast as he can and then stops, and then the ball bounces in front of him, and before the ball bounces on the ground, I'm screaming at the TV, that's a free ball. It's a free ball. So what that means, and there's a lot of people listening to this show that are casual fans. There's a lot of people that listen to this show or watch this show that are new fans to the NFL. And then there's just a lot of people that don't maybe know all the rules. I know there's a lot of you that do, but there's a lot of people that don't. And it get it kind of get can kind of get confusing on kickoff specifically because we see different things. We see the ball kicked through the end zone, plays over, and they put the ball to 25. We see the ball kicked into the end zone. Guy catches football and kneels down. Why did he why did he kneel down? Well, he's just giving himself up. Ball comes out to the 25. We see the ball kicked into the end zone. Nobody touches it. Nobody picks it up. Also a touchback. And then sometimes we see the ball land in the field and it's a mad scramble. The reason is, is because on a kickoff, it's a free kick, which means that if it's inside the field of play, anybody can recover it as long as it passes 10 yards, which is normally what an onside kick is. So bear with me for a second when I get this out. So when that ball goes straight up into the air, and we've seen the Bills do this over the last 20 years, Uh, when the ball goes straight up into the air and it hits the ground, that's the worst possible outcome from the very beginning. The worst thing that can happen is that ball hits the ground in field because if you've ever played around in the backyard with a football, it doesn't bounce like a normal ball does. And that's what McKenzie was kind of expecting. He was expecting the ball to hit the ground, right? Because he doubted what he should do. And he was kind of expecting it to pop up and maybe land in in his arms. It didn't. McKenzie's got to give himself up in that play. He's got, no matter at all costs, he has to make a play on the football. He's got to try to catch it. He's got to try to jump on it. He's got to try to do whatever he can to possess that ball. Even if the worst thing happens, which is he can't possess it. 
He's at least got to make a jump on the ball because worst case scenario in that situation, and it didn't happen, the ball bounces to the right or left, ends up in a Washington player's hand, and the guy just runs in the end zone. Now, obviously, it didn't matter because on the one of the very next plays, Heineke did the big, long scramble and, and made it to the same exact pylon that Antonio Gibson scored on. But my disappointment was this is one of those things where it's odd to me how many times NFL teams don't realize that that's a free ball. That's a free kick. And like that ball, if it's inside the playing field, anybody can get. And players like kind of run away from it sometimes. It's not a punt. A punt is the opposite. A punt is the offense surrendering the football to the defense. On a kickoff, it's a completely different thing. So if you didn't know what that was or why that happened the way that it was, that's what it is. It's a free ball. Anybody, it's a free kick. Anybody can get the ball. And oh, by the way, in my opinion, Isaiah McKenzie has to sell out to get that ball no matter what. Like, even if he hurts himself, he's got to do something to get under that. He could have got under that ball. It might it might have been awkward, but in my opinion, he could have at least gotten under it and made an attempt to get near it. At the end of the day, it didn't hurt us, right? I mean, it was uh, it was, it was was annoying. There was clearly a momentum shift at that point in time, which I didn't like. Um, it flipped the script just for a moment in that football game. But again, as we talked about at the top, this football game was never, ever in doubt, like ever. And we talked about uh, Heineke uh, making it to the end zone for the the touchdown to get to 14 points. 21-14 at that point in time. And uh, I would give you this. So on that play, because somebody asked in the comment section, you know, can we talk about all the holding calls? So this is what I would tell you. I sat on the couch today with McKenna. And a former NFL offensive tackle of 11 years, veteran for 11 years, who is screaming at the television about the 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 the, the offensive pa- uh, uh, holding penalties by the Washington football team that were not being called, especially the one on that play that Heineke ran for the end zone. I don't remember who the pursuer was, but number 76 from Washington had a hold of him and then released him after Heineke had gotten around and off to the corner, and Fina was losing his mind. There was a lot of those. There was a lot of bad calls. This game, from a referee standpoint, I normally don't say too much on this show about the refs. The refs in this game missed a lot, and it was weird feeling because it's like, are you calling this game because the Bills are literally that much better than them or what? Because there was pass interference calls that were missed. But the holding penalties specifically in this game were rough, very, very rough. Um and then we talked about, uh, this was the moment we talked about at the top, but this was the moment where I kind of realized or began to feel that the, the defense was not struggling, but they weren't working to get constant pressure on uh, Heineke at this point. And I, and I felt like that was the plan of the game. Uh, I loved, at the end of the second quarter, the end of half sequence. There was a lot of aggression. There was a lot of precision. They had a plan and they executed it, completely unlike last week. I don't know what was going I don't even... I. I don't know if you guys remember the the end of the half uh, sequence for the the Dolphins game, but it was a dumpster fire. This one was incredible. They executed it. They came out with the field goal. It was great. At the end of the half, Josh Allen was 22 of 28 for 264 yards. The score was uh, 27 to 14. It It was fun. Dare I say it was fun. The offense was having its way, and the defense was just... I don't want to say smothering, but they were playing super, super good. Third quarter opens up. Tyler Best kicks the ball out of bounds. Yay. Ball ends up on the 45. The Washington football team couldn't do anything with it, so the ball, the Bills get the football back at that point. And Josh Allen, at this point, 
is in fuego to bring a word from Dan Patrick for me from his ESPN days. Josh Allen was on fire. He was on fire this whole football game, but he came out in the third quarter in the Spanish version of on fire. He was in fuego in that game. Uh, he hits uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders for his second touchdown in the back of the end zone. Josh Allen's third touchdown. And it was, it was an incredible play too. Like Josh Allen had that, he had that look, he had that feel back today, which I think is what we're all, it's, we settled in, right? We, we had all settled in with this is who our quarterback is. And he showed up again today and I'm excited to see him for the rest of the season. And then if you remember, uh, Taylor Heineke held the ball a little bit too long. He makes a horrible decision in the third quarter. He throws it, he threw it on a rope. And literally, uh, Micah Hyde just ran right to the ball. Like, he didn't even run at an angle. He pretty much ran straight to the ball because Heineke threw it to him. And uh, the Bills took it away. And uh, at the end of that quarter, at the end of the third quarter, it was 36-14, which to me was just a weird score. I got that in my notes. 36-14, weird, weird score. The final score was weird, too. But uh, 36-14 was strange. Fourth quarter, at this point in time, Fina, I think, said to me, he goes, man, it's really nice to be in the fourth quarter and almost be able to take a nap because you know you're going to win. <laughs> we didn't take a nap. But it was nice just to, to know that the game was kind of on ice, as they say. Uh, there was a great effort by Matt Milano on a fourth and go or fourth and one uh, tackle on Heineke. Heineke crushes into the pile, kind of pops back up with a second effort, and then Milano just stamped him at that point in time. And it was over, which was great. Uh, the Bills come out after that. The Bills come out, and they literally come out with urgency to step on the necks of the Washington football team, which is something we began to see last year. We talked for a long time about this football team not closing out games and not having that killer instinct and not doing the things that like not keeping the pressure on being up a couple possessions and not pouring it, pouring it on this football game. That's exactly what they did. Milano gets stopped or I'm sorry. Uh, Heineke gets stopped in that fourth and one Milano tackles him. The bills come right out and begin just slinging the football down the field. Uh, the play action again was huge throughout the entire football game. And then Josh Allen caps it off with, I have in here a TD run. It was kind of more of a TD. It wasn't a walk, but it was kind of more of a TD jaunt, right? So he was uh, <laughs> he was toying with the defensive players because they legit, he got out there. And I was like, I was sitting there going, run. And and Allen was just kind of toying with him. He was like, do you want me to run? Do you want me to throw it? Because I can do whatever I want to do right now. And then he just kind of like jaunted into the end zone because he just froze. He, defroze, he froze the defenders which was fun. And then at that point in time, and I'll wrap up uh, the, the the quarter by quarter session with this. It almost became football follies at that point in time for Washington. Uh, if you remember, they had the the guy streaking across for the, for the option and like the snap came through and hit him. Uh, there was a point, uh, there's a point in that game where the, de the dejection became real for the Washington. You watch the players on the sideline and I asked John a little bit about it. I'll save that for a later show. Um, what are these guys feeling right now was basically what I had asked him. And he's like, you know, the most demoralizing thing was that when the players dropped the ball, because the defensive guys are out there busting their tails, trying to stop the bills who are almost unstoppable. And when there is a player open and a throw to be made, the throw is made and the wide receiver drops the ball. They're dropping the balls. They're dropping balls all over the field. It just wasn't great. And then the final score of this football game, 43 to 21. Again, very weird score. I don't think I've, I don't know that I've ever seen a 43. I don't know if anybody can tell me. 43 if they've seen it, but uh, very strange stats in this football game. Heineke had was 14 to 24 for 212, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Antonio Gibson, 12 carries, 31 yards, average 2.6. JD McKissick, who started the football game, very strange, three for 23. Ta Taylor Heineke was eight of 21, 
for the wide receivers in this game for Washington. Gibson was one for 73 in that big long run for a touchdown. Terry McLaurin was four of 62. Logan Thomas was four of 42. J.D. McKissick was two of 15. And then there's a bunch of guys you've never heard of. On the Buffalo Bills side, this is where it gets kind of sneaky weird when I get to it. Josh Allen was 32 of 43. I think it's like 74% for 358 yards, four touchdowns passing. Zach Moss was 13 carries for 60 yards, 4.6. He showed out today. He played well. He caught the ball well. Uh, he flashed open well. He found run running lanes well. He just played a very good football game. And Devin Single, that, that's not to say Devin Singletary played bad. Devin was 11 for 26, 2.4 yards, and then Mitch obviously had the uh, couple runs. Uh, Cole Beasley, this is where it got surprising. When I was looking at the game stats, I was surprised by the fact that Cole Beasley had 11 receptions for 98 yards. I knew he got targeted. But if you've been watching or listening to this show for any amount of time, you've heard me say many, many times, if the Bills would just begin to work Cole Beasley when they're stuttering, like underneath and often, one, two, three-yard patterns or plays, that offense begins to open up, and they were doing that early, and then obviously they started throwing him the ball a little bit farther downfield as well. But Cole was 11 for 98, which is probably why you can't call it the Emmanuel Sanders game, even though Emmanuel was 5 of 94 with two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, 6 of 62. Dawson Knox, 4 of 49 for a touchdown. Zach Moss, 3 for 31 and a touchdown. Gabriel Davis had that very big play that to me was the tone setter. He was 1 for 23 on that third and 15, which was great. Now, we're moving right along. Moving right along here on the, uh, before, you know what, before I get to my next part, I'm going to do the read. So as I have said a couple times, because uh, I made a mistake at the top of the show, I'll say it again. You're watching or you're listening to the overreaction post-game show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, Multicast Network, and I'm your host, Joe Miller. Who is the Market Dominator? Well, the Market Dominator is my very good friend, John Spascheck, and John is a real estate broker right here in western new york but don't let that uh what's the word uh cause you to pause because john can help you no matter what state you live in but josh or john is a real estate broker for keller williams realty and keller williams i did not know this i asked uh, jay spence this on wednesday night because uh the market dominator is also now sponsoring the humpty hotline which is awesome i asked him if he knew that keller williams was the largest real estate brokerage in the world and even spence was like no i didn't know that but John works for Keller Williams, and uh, John is consistently ranked as the, like the number one, number two, number three real estate broker in Western New York. And I'll be honest with you, when we moved to Buffalo, John helped us with our house. And I don't know if you know, for those of you that are from Buffalo, that are, if you're around Buffalo, if you've lived in, if you've bought a home in Buffalo or New York before, it's unlike any other any other state. It's a little bit ridiculous. There's a lot of weird laws. You have to have attorneys involved in this state. It takes like 60 to 90 days to close, where like in Ohio, you can sell a home by owner and close it in like 21 days. It's really, there's just a lot of red tape. There's also obviously the other party. There's a lot of people on the other side, a lot of brokers on the other side or agents on the other side that you have to deal with. John does a very good job of leading his team and leading those teams as well. This is what I'm gonna tell you. If you're looking to buy a home, even a first home, you need to call John. He's going to work with you. He's going to get you in. He's going to help you understand your buying power, assess your needs, what you're looking for, townships, taxes, all that. That was a big part for us. When we moved back home, we didn't want to be someplace with insane taxes. And John was like, well, then you want to move to Lakeview. And we're like, that's great. We're from Hamburg. So we bought a house in Lakeview. If you're looking to sell a home right now with the market the way that it is, you want to maximize the value of the home that you're selling. So all that to say this, if you're looking to buy a home, looking to sell a home here in Western New York or any place else, if you're looking to transition back to Buffalo, if you're looking to transition out of Buffalo, give John a call. 
his number 716-570-3298 that number again 716-570-3298 he uh you can reach him on his email your elite broker at gmail.com he's also bills mafia you can find him on twitter at your elite broker uh which is awesome i do have a super chat so i gotta jump back over to this thing there it is joshua uh barrett thank you so much for the super chat i appreciate you brother thanks for being a part of the show he says love listening to you joe joshua i appreciate you being here i appreciate you contributing i appreciate you uh just listening man and i love talking to you guys i'm a little i feel i feel a little off tonight right i don't know what's going on i'm i, I just called john josh <laughs> said some weird words it is what it is sometimes you just get off your game i think i think i'm still a little amped up to be honest with you guys i'm still a little bit amped up just from this football game i feel like i'm talking fast i feel like i've got a lot of energy more so than normal but uh appreciate that josh i love talking to you guys and uh yeah anytime anytime you want to jump in and uh, ask me a question or be a part of the show that would be fantastic i started a new segment for this show week one called the dude awards i don't know if you guys remember it oh hang on a second i got another super chat coming in Ethan Tweedy, thank uh, Tweedy rather. Ethan Tweedy, thank you so much for the super chat. Bills win, Jets and Dolphins and Patriots lost, along with the Chiefs and Brady. Uh, it was a great day. That's actually a really great point. I'm going to jump off this real quick before I get to my dude awards. So uh, to Ethan's point, right now the Buffalo Bills are two and one, sit atop the AFC East. The Dolphins and the Patriots are one and two, and the Jets are zero and three, which is amazing. And the Chiefs are one and two which uh, is pretty freaking fantastic if you ask ask me. But, Ethan, thank you so much for that super chat. You're the man. Uh, thanks for contributing to the show. And I should have some time, by the way, to take some questions. So stick around uh, for a little bit. So once I get through the dude awards and then I read the tweets, uh, I'll take a couple quick questions, but uh, if you've got them. So, yeah. Dude awards. So the, the dude awards for me work this way. A lot of guys, a lot of content creators, a lot of reporters do thumbs up, thumbs down, arrow up, arrow down, stuff like that. I, I decided a couple weeks ago, I'm going to do the dude awards. And what that means is, is when you do good or when a player does good, we're going to go, dude, like you did great, dude. And when they do bad, we're going to be like, dude, right? Like, I'm not feeling it, dude. My first up dude, my first dude award goes to matt milano this guy dude, I, I mean come on i it's it's hard to believe right now not only is he playing like the best linebacker in football he's also the most overrated back linebacker in football and possibly the most underpaid linebacker in football this guy is playing lights out he's all over the football field um i want to say that it's a surprise but it's not we all know what we have in matt milano especially when matt Milano's healthy and Matt is playing like a fired up, just freak of a human being right now. So the first dude award goes to Matt. The second one, dude, Dawson Knox. We've talked a lot about Dawson Knox. Uh, I, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing in his growth. Uh, he's making tough catches. He's making the easy catches look easy, which is great. Still needs to look, work a little bit sometimes at moments on the blocking stuff. But you know what? Dawson, who is a converted, I believe, quarterback, is beginning to find himself, which is tremendous. Third, dude. Award goes to Zach Moss. I told you earlier, I was not necessarily ready to proclaim or name one a running back one or a running back two, but I loved what I saw from Zach Moss today. Loved what I what I saw the the determination, the decision, uh, uh, the vision that I saw from him, and then obviously finishing his runs, which he's always been good about finishing his runs. Just sometimes he would finish his runs early because he would turn to the, the he would just turn the wrong direction. He turned into a defender versus turning away from a defender. Zach Moss played well today. And then my last dude award goes to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, it's good to have you back. We've missed you, buddy. Uh, we love you. And uh, you are Bill's Mafia. And we're so excited to have you back. 
And uh, we're excited now already for next week. And I'm beaming with anticipation for this Texas football game. <coughs> now, to the other side of the dude awards, the dude, right? Like, come on, bro, dude, dude. So my first dude <laughs> goes to, I hope you guys enjoy this ridiculousness. Um, I got to be fun sometimes. Otherwise, it just gets just my voice droning on. But, uh, dude, the special teams. As much as it was, if you listen to Coach McDermott's press conference today, or after this football game, I should say, um, he said it was a complete win. It, eh, dude, the special teams struggled. Not only did they struggle with that that kickoff that obviously landed in the field of play that Washington recovered, um Tyler Bass kicked the ball out of bounds today dude that's not good it's not good to kick a football into the or have a have a ball kicked to you and you don't recover it so Isaiah McKenzie dude and then Isaiah McKenzie if you remember had a long return that was called back because of a hold and it was it was a proper call that was one of those times where it wasn't marginal it was a it was a hold dude like right come on we, we can be better than this. And then my last, I only have two dude awards, dud, dud dude awards. And the last one goes to the refs. The refs in this football game, they just weren't great. I don't know how to say it other than they just weren't great in this game. Which leads me to one of my most favorite parts of this show. I love all of it, but I love reading your guys' tweets. So the Buffalo Bills come out of this football game with a win, a W, 43 to 21. I threw the tweet out. How does that bill? Oh, I didn't, how does it supposed to be that bills win? And of course, I said it wrong. How does that bills win? Have you feeling? Tweet me your reactions and overreactions, and I will read them on the show live at nine o'clock. Here we are. NYAP in the seven one six BIB. This is T Estelle. You all should be familiar with T. What a beautiful win! We are two and one. That's all she said. That's all she needed to say. I like that one. Pamadonna at Pamadonna. Good friend Pam. Allen getting back on track was the biggest thing we needed to happen, in my opinion. Not the only thing, but the biggest. Now he's back. Every team has to work on things. We'll make mistakes, but ours becomes a lot less today. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Victory Monday. She got eight likes on that. Now she has nine. Richard Rush, my guy Richard Rush, who's in the chat right now. Love you, buddy. At Richard R. Rush, too. Prayer for the whole Dable family, for the loss of grandma. You're in our hearts. I'm excited. If not, if not for the special teams turnover, it would have been a complete game. There you go. Richard Rush, Richard Rush should have his own show. That's basically what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Richard Rush and Brian Bauer should have their own shows. Allen, Allen was fire. Sanders and Beasley caught everything. Moss ran hard. Uh, Poyer, Hyde, and Milano played amazing. You could have written my script, Rich. Like, literally, bro. Hashtag wildest dreams land. Hashtag go Bills. He's got the believe gif up, which is great. Ethan Tweedle, Tweedy, rather. I keep saying Tweedle because that L gets me, or that I gets me every time. Ethan Tweedy, at Tweedy underscore A. Bills win. I'm so happy. I was there so many. I was there so my voice is hoarse, but it was amazing. Defense is a lot. Uh, the defense looked on point. Offense as well. Also, Bills Mafia, can we stop the regression of Josh Allen talks? Please, please, please. Dude was balling today. Hashtag go Bills. Absolutely true. I forgot to like Richard Rush's tweet. My bad. Marshall McDougall, welcome to the show, Marshall. At Marshall, I should say at McDougall Sports. Great to see an all-around solid effort. Offense and defense were playing up to what we know they are capable of. Also, so happy to see the running and passing game being affected. On to the next one. Go Bills. Can we talk just for a moment about that run defense? That rush defense of the Buffalo Bills is has just been playing lights out. Yes, Gibson had that long pass for a touchdown. 
which is effectively kind of like a run. But at the end of the day, that 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 offense has played unbelievably well. Like it's been exciting to see kind of what's what's been going transpiring, if you will, during these football games. Bills Media 716 at Media 716. Feeling great. We all knew it was a matter of time before the offense caught up to our defense. Tuning up for week five in Kansas City. Allen looked in control all day. He was ripping it off or ripping off first downs faster than I can tweet about. Uh, the last one, man, that was fun. JA17 is back. Keep it rolling. And then he finished up with happy I could be a part of my favorite podcast again. Bro, I'm, I'm glad you're here, dude. The season is going to be a ton of fun, man. Thank you for giving all of us a platform to tell everyone how we were feeling before and after every game. You're the man. Dude, I do what I can. I do what I can. And I would tell you guys this, what he's talking about as far as before the game and after the game. Before the game is my uh, overreaction, or I should say my Bills Mafia Time to Shine show that's on Sunday, Saturday nights. It did not happen this past Saturday night. I was committed. But uh, catch me live on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, and you guys can join the show with me live. So I actually bring you on, and you can be in the show with me. And then obviously post game, I read your tweets. The last one I have is from Saxa Dave, everybody's favorite UK fan at Saxa Dave. Sorry, I can't overreact right now. Too busy checking flights and hotels for Los Angeles in February. <laughs> Go Bills. <laughs> I love me some Saxa Dave. I love me some Saxa Dave. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have much more. So if you've got questions, uh, I would love to, you know answer them or comments uh so i'm gonna just read some of these this is kenny dudek this is my guy i really love this whole team i haven't loved a bills team this much since 1995 they had com they had a command on both sides of the ball and overcame it or overcame their mistakes i love it kenny i'm with you it's it's been interesting to watch this football team kind of grow and i'm really excited to kind of i'm actually very excited to see where the bills in the 90s failed was the bend but don't break the, the walt Corey bend but don't break broke when it shouldn't have and it seems like this defense is very much better if i can say it that way about the don't breaking they don't break very often and it's been great to see so far it doesn't mean that they're not going to have some struggles this season they're going to they're going to lay an egg here and there they're going to lose a game it's going to happen but by and large, this defense is playing lights out, as you said. Ethan, welcome back on the show. Point spread is 17 and a half for Houston, and I love it. I saw this. So the Bills opened up, I think it was 17 earlier, like a couple hours ago, and now it's 17 and a half for this Houston football game, which is absolutely stinking and cra uh, stinking crazy. But, uh, yes, thank you for that. Uh, Richard Rush says, it took me three tries to fit what I wanted to say. I'm too long-winded for Twitter. Well, you can always do the double tweet. Double People double tweet me all the time on those tweets, but uh, – uh, just going through your guys' questions and comments. Um, Don Keith says, sorry, officiating, officiating wasn't as bad for us as Detroit. They have a legitimate beef. I'll be honest with you. The Dolphins do too. There was an, a pass interference late in the game that could have changed the outcome of that football game for the Dolphins. Uh, it obviously went to overtime and they lost, but you never know, uh, as far as that goes. But, uh, uh, Mr. Diggs says Josh threw to eight different wide receivers. Josh wants the record for how many different players got a pass. It's 13. I think that's not, it's how many players got a touchdown pass is the one that you're thinking of 13 different touchdown receivers. Uh, they almost had 14, but last year, Taiwan Jones, if you remember, dropped that, that, that touchdown that hit him right in the breadbasket. Jessica tennis. Welcome to the show. Will the bills sit some of vet, some of their veterans next week? Like star. I don't see a world where the bills sit veterans. That's just me. I don't, they could, I don't know that they would do that. Um, maybe if they're if they want to get Harrison Phillips into the game if they want to give like Mario Addison or Jerry Hughes rest and bring in you know you're not going to lose that much necessarily FA Obata 
I don't see necessarily, you know, practice squad wide receivers coming up or anything like that. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I can't imagine it. It, it might come down to injuries, right? So we know that star was a little bit tweaked this week, injury wise. If he came out of this game, still a little bit tweaked, they might give a rest day. I'll say it this way. As much as I said, I don't think so. Jessica last year, we saw the bills hold players out primarily. Uh, it was, it was, uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano when they could have played they could have played like I think it was the Jets game they could have played but they held them out it's possible I'm not going to say it's not impossible but I think that it's probably unlikely right yes Ethan I saw uh, Justin Tucker's 66 yard field goal it just makes it more difficult for Tyler Bass uh, because uh, Saxon Day from from Britain uh, from the UK from England has said that uh, Tyler Bass is going to beat that record this year so Justin Tucker's already beat it so we'll see what happened. Uh, Stickman asked, did John Fina enlighten me in any way watching the game with you? So not only did he enlighten, enlighten me watching the game, he was asking me probing questions. So he was asking me, like, before the snap, what are you looking at? <laughs> and thank God I answered the questions right. Uh, yes, I got to ask him some interesting questions, which will show up tomorrow on the Off Tackle with John Fina show. For those of you that uh, have nothing going on tomorrow at 9 o'clock, I got to get this uh, comment off the screen first. For those of you that have nothing going on tomorrow at 9 o'clock, the Off Tackle with John Fina show will be on at, at, at 9 o'clock. We'll break this game down with John. He'll uh, give you guys some his opinions and comments on how the Bills played, both offensively and defensively. But uh, he gave me a lot of insight that way. He also, I would say we were standing up in my kitchen, and he was kind of showing me just some technique moves as far as where the bills were missing. Now I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to give it away. He's going to talk about it tomorrow on the show. So come back tomorrow and you'll get to hear a lot of what he basically was talking to me about today, which was cool. Um, what else we got here? You guys are filling up the comments section. We've got a couple more minutes. Um, Richard Rush says, I fear for Houston next week. If the O and D are playing like they did today, it might be 60 points. It might. We'll see. Don Keith. Welcome into the show. Ravens should have gotten delay of game penalty and ref didn't call it. Because he was looking down, Ravens continued to make a sixty-yard, sixty-six-yard uh, field goal to win the game. If they had gotten the penalty, no goal, no field goal. I'm guessing. Um, Jeremy uh, Barnes says, "Isn't that a McDermott type of thing to do to sit players? Probably. Uh, it wouldn't. It's tough, right? I can't imagine because you sit a guy like Star, and then the Bills have trouble. And the Texans come out and punch him in the face, and you lose the game. You should win, right? I just, I just, I, yeah, I just don't know." I just don't know. It just seems seems really, really weird. So why? All it is is just why. It comes in and says it's a fantastic show. Appreciate that. I'm guessing you're thinking about the off tackle with John Fina show. By the way, this is a fantastic show too. Why? Don't don't sell me don't don't sell me short. Like I do a pretty good job on my own. Come on. Just kidding. You're great. Lone Wolf says you don't rest starters, vets or not, in week four of the season. I can't. That's, I think that's where I'm at. I think that's where I'm at. I think I think you just don't rest them at this point in the season. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, G seal says play to win at this point in the season, which I totally agree with, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm gonna let you guys go. You have been watching and listening to the overreaction post game show brought to you by the market dominator. Look, look, do me a favor. Several people that watch this show and have listened to the show have called John Spascheck and used John to buy or sell their home. You will not be disappointed. He is by far and away the best real estate broker. Unless you are a real estate broker, he's the best one that you're ever going to use. Give John a call, 570-3298, 716-570-3298. Overreaction postgame show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction postgame show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me 
on Twitter as always at Joe Miller Wired. I love you guys. I think you guys are the best. I can't wait for next week already. I'm already amped. I feel like Sugar High Josh. <laughs> this show to me was Sugar High Josh. I like got through it. Wait, I, I had tons of notes. I went into it thinking this is going to take me an hour and 20 minutes to get through. I finished with 20 minutes or 15 minutes left to go, which just tells you that I went through it way too fast. My apologies. I'm amped up. The Bills look good. They look like a Super Bowl team. They played a pathetic football team in Washington. But that's what Super Bowl teams do to pathetic football teams. They look great today. With that, my name is Joe. This is the Overreaction Post Game Show. We root for an incredible football team, and we are by far and away the best fan base in the entire world. I love you, Bills Mafia. I'll see you guys tomorrow night on the Off Tackle with John Fina show. Go Bills. Go Bills.